Welcome to The Gathering Pod, the audio version of my weekly gathering room broadcast. I'm Martha Beck. Okay, thank you so much for joining me here on The Gathering Room. I am Martha Beck. Ha <laughs> ha, I said it, all the things I was supposed to say. And today we are talking about something that I stole from another author this morning, but it's not, here's the thing about being an author, you can steal things as long as you tell people you stole them. <laughs> this is called attribution and it makes everything okay. Um, yes, I stole this from Shinzen Young, a meditation teacher that, whom I quote often, he's an incredibly articulate dude, mathematician, physicist, and Zen monk. And I was listening to one of his tapes today and it said, um, he said he had a, a Zen master who would start a session by smacking his fan against something and saying, so what are you going to do when the earthquake comes? And then they would just go from there. And the answer was to sort of sit and stare at a wall, which is a whole Zen thing. But I really liked the idea that into each life earthquakes come, things shake in this world of ours. And right now things are shaking. They're shaking in our individual lives. They're certainly shaking out there in the collective life. I keep talking about pandemic and political upheaval and whatnot. Systems of, of oppression and injustice, they're all still there. I don't even know why I bother to mention them anymore. But you know, they're quite troubling to those of us who are still trying to cope with the pandemic. So I thought, Great, I want some advice on what to do when an earthquake comes. If those of you who do my coaching program or who are coaches know that we talk about um, life changes happening in cycles right after a big impact of some kind. It doesn't have to be sudden or calamitous. It could be just that you outgrow your old personality or even you know your childhood clothing or whatever. Something happens that makes it impossible for you to keep living the way you were living. So let's call this an earthquake because it does, it comes in and it shakes the foundations of everything. But it could be a traumatic experience. It could be something that just happened to you today. Like something upset your plans. Something didn't go the way it was supposed to. Um, you don't feel well, you didn't get any sleep, whatever it is, these can be seen as little earthquakes. And what to do when the earthquake comes? Well, there are two phases that I want to talk to you about. And one is being shaken. So what Shinzen Yang says and, and his Zen teachers say is that when the shaking starts in your life, the only place you can hide that's absolutely bulletproof is the shaking itself. And what he means by that is complete non-resistance to what is. Same thing you'll see in um, all the enlightened masters and the way they talk, complete non-resistance to what is. I remember being in Tokyo once on in a building on a hill and I was looking out the window at the whole city. It was a clear day. If you've been to Tokyo, you know that the buildings are, are built on really small plots of land. Land is so incredibly precious there and they've been parceling it out for millennia. So all the buildings are kind of small in circumference and then they go up as far as they can without getting dangerous in fire and earthquake, which are very common in Japan. So they're not that tall, but they're really packed in together. And I was looking out across this city and I saw on the horizon, the whole city began to ripple. 
and these ripples, just like ripples on a pond of water, started moving these buildings. Or like a field of grass with pulses of wind going through it. And the buildings themselves were doing this dance. They'd go along. And I remember just watching it and thinking, holy crap, it's coming right for us. And sure enough, then the room I was in started shaking. And then I could see more tremors coming and they would shake. Now, all we could do, the people that were in that room and I, we just kind of looked at each other and went, oh, that's scary. But there's not a hell of a lot you can do about an earthquake happening. What's interesting to me about this is that Tokyo, I, I lived there for a summer and I think I experienced like 10 earthquakes. That was the biggest one. But every five or six days, I'd be somewhere and the house would start to shake. There are a lot of earthquakes in Japan. And because of that, the city didn't fall apart that day. The city rippled. The city shook because all the buildings in Japan are built to shake in an earthquake. Because if you build something solid that resists the movement, it shatters. And if you build something that is allowed to move and bend like, like grass in the wind, it handles the shaking. So the way to go into a time that's shaking you is to go in, into the action of it. So uh, when we lived in California, Adam had his own bathroom and on it, if you were sitting on the porcelain convenience there, he had hung up one article. <clears throat> it was something, a beautiful thing someone sent me and I had lost track of it in the move, but Adam took it and he put it up in his bathroom so that when you were sitting in the most important spot in the bathroom, you'd look up and what you'd see is this beautiful placard that said, resist nothing. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was extremely appropriate for that particular, you know, time in people's lives. So when something wants to happen, peristalsis, the movement of the of food through your gut is a type of shaking. Everything that happens in physical reality is a type of shaking, is an energy vibration. And what Shinzen Yang is talking about is getting so aware of the way things shake that you actually pulse with the electrons. You, you start to feel the shaking of things, but you feel it as a massage. He loves to talk about how, you know, it pulls you outward and shake, shatters you and you allow that and then it pulls you back inward and crushes you and you go with that and you come in and go out. And at first it feels like you're being destroyed because you are, you're having the impurities shaken out of you. But as you get looser and more relaxed and attentive, it starts to feel the way a really deep massage feels when you're super relaxed. So he says, like, you let that shaking happen. Now, those of you who have read, I can't remember which one of my books, one of them, I talked about something called trauma release exercises. This is literally about how we can get rid of emotional pain by physically shaking. So this is not a metaphor. Every animal, when it's gone through a trauma, escaped predator or whatever, goes through a period of shaking. And if you don't shake, animals always shake when they've gone through something traumatic. Humans, if we start to shake after a trauma, even many years after a trauma, people will try to soothe us and hold us in place. And we, that actually is a social response that is nervous about shaking because shaking implies a lack of control, a loss of control, a loss of stability because it is. But what was stable needs to be shaken away. 
And that's the only reason it's happening. So I went, one of my brilliant, brilliant master coaches, Susan Baghdadi, I met her once in Africa and she's done a lot of modalities, yoga, um, the coaching, whatever, art. She does all kinds of things. But I met her and we had dinner in Africa and she was so calm and so still. And I said, what is going on with you? And she said, well, I just took this course in trauma release exercises with David Berselli, this expert, and I've been shaking for a week. And it's shaken, the, it's shaken all the trauma out of me. And you could feel it. You could absolutely feel the calm. So a lot of people on the gathering room will say, what about trauma? What happens when you've been traumatized? One of the things you can do that's, that is surprisingly powerful is let yourself shake. The biggest traumatic impacts that I've had in my life, the, the most horrific experiences, um, I won't tell you about them in detail. I had surgery without anesthesia once, not good. Um, but when I remembered them and let myself re-experience them in memory to get them out of my trauma banks, I physically shook. And by that time I had read about shaking and how literally physically shaking is how animals heal from trauma. And so now I just let myself shake and you can go online and look for David Berselli if you wanna try it. And I do these trauma release exercises when I need to calm down. I let myself shake. We also need to let the circumstances of our lives be shaken. I talk about something I call a day map, which is a lot of people and I myself take it to mean a schedule of things to do during the day. But it also, when I was, I first started thinking about it, I literally meant the places you go every day in your life, which room, which um, coffee shop, um, which sites on the internet. Um, we have recently had an addition to our family. We have a month old baby here. And that really changes where we go every day. Like we, I talked about ritual several weeks ago and how we had this thing, we have morning communion in one room and then we go to a different room and we have ordering the realm and then we have sacred writing time or whatever it is. Well, you throw a baby in that mix and things change. <laughs> and so you have to physically allow yourself to shift the patterns of behavior in your after something new comes into your life or something is lost like COVID coming in and our, all our mobility was lost. We had to adjust to very different day maps, different places to go. And that causes a kind of disorientation and grieving. Like, oh, but I usually go to the kitchen at this time and now for some reason I can't get out of the bedroom. And, or I used to go see my friends for coffee once a week and now we only meet over Zoom. And there's a shaking of your daily patterns. And if you resist that, it's just like resisting the shaking of releasing trauma. It sticks in your body. It sticks in you and you can't, um, you can't relax. So in, in like traffic accidents, people who are drunk often survive because they're so loose that they let themselves go with whatever the impact is. And other people who aren't drunk will brace and they get worse pain, right? So, that's the first phase I wanted to talk about is let yourself be shaken. Just go with it. Second thing, earthquakes can shake us, but they can also trap us. There was one woman that David Berselli worked with. He went to China. He goes all over the world because this shaking thing transcends language and culture. So anywhere he goes, no matter what language the people speak, he can work with them with their bodies and help them with trauma. 
So he was working with this woman who'd been caught in an earthquake and she had looked up as the roof collapsed and she was standing by a table and her rubble fell on her and her body was bent almost at a right angle backwards and she was trapped there for like nine hours. So it was really, I saw a tape of her getting through that traumatic memory and it was so interesting because even though she was, um, even though she was completely at liberty when David was working with her, her body snapped back into that position and held it and shook in that position until the trauma went out of her body. Okay, so if you get trapped, sometimes something happens and COVID did this too, where we, a lot of people feel trapped and immobilized. Somebody is putting up pictures of people under tables and under um, door frames, which is an important thing to do in an earthquake, a uh, real physical earthquake. But if the rubble comes down, you're trapped in that space. So that's another thing that often happens is we aren't, we don't have our usual mobility after a big event. Like, so what do you do when the earthquake holds you rock still? You still escape into the earthquake. You escape into the stillness the way you would escape into the shaking. One of the things that we've been doing with Lila, our new one, that I didn't do with my older three kids is swaddling. I, it wasn't a thing when my, well, I, I, I didn't know it was a thing. I didn't do my research. I'm sorry. Um, but at first it seemed almost cruel to me. You, you put the baby in a blanket and you swaddle them really tightly so they, they can't move much at all. They look like little grubs and it calms them down. But to me, it looked like straight jacketing. So it was hard for me to overcome my resistance to confinement. But then I started realizing, number one, all the research you read says babies need to be contained. And I thought about the times in my life when I've been feeling really frightened, what I wanted was someone to hug me tight, to hold me. And as I've held this baby in a swaddle, I can feel that it's, it does the same thing for her that meditation does for me. Meditation is something where I lock myself in one position and I won't even let my mind move. That's how straight jacketed it is. And yet as I go into the stillness because there's no other option, I, I find resources of quiet and peace that I never knew I had. And we all need that swaddling. Uh, today I was rocking the baby and thinking, oh, you're kind of immobilized when you're rocking a baby to sleep. Like you, you can't do all the things you used to do. You new parents out there know what I'm talking about. You can't take a shower, you can't. It's a hell of a lot easier when you're not the one who just gave birth. I'm gonna tell you that. But even so, there's something about babies. They, they hold you in place sometimes. And I thought I could be doing a whole bunch of other things. But when I've been at my most hurt, my most aching and my most needy as a human being and as a spiritual being, what I have wanted most is for someone to hold me still, really still, and put all their attention on me, have nowhere else to go. And so I relaxed into the stillness of that and thought about all the times when I had needed to be held and how God must feel when we are held by circumstances, like you can call it whatever you want to, the force, whatever. But I believe that when we're hurting and our circumstances won't let us move, there's something holding us. 
there's something purposely not giving us a lot of options so that we can get still and we can feel that we're contained we can feel that we're loved and we're driven inward to the stillness of our core where we can connect with the same force that is wrapping us up so that's what i have to say about escaping into the earthquake when something happens um, when it's shaking you up nothing can hurt the shaking itself when it's holding you still nothing can hurt the stillness itself so literally to deal with an earthquake you drop everything you are and become the earthquake and through that you gain lots of relief and joy hello the lovely peoples this is marty martha inviting you to a free masterclass that i have made called five paths to your purpose probably the most common question i get from people is how do i find my purpose why don't i feel that i'm on purpose well it turns out there are certain things you have to do to find your purpose, and I broke them down into five, and I made a little masterclass about it. So if you'd like to see it, just go to marthabeck.com purpose, and you will be able to watch it without any charge at all. Okay, so, aha, uh, Donna says, how can you shake free of the trauma? and replicate the trauma when it's difficult to remember the details. All you have to know is something bad happened. And then try going online and looking at the process. You put your body in positions where shaking is likely. Like you go into a half crouch and you just lean against a wall with your knees half bent, which is a very awkward position. And pretty soon your legs start to shake and you just let it. And you let it flow all over your body and you find out, this is a weird, um, parallel, but it's the only parallel I can think of. You know how you can, if you have to pee, you can either let it happen or not? Shaking's the same way. You can either let it happen, when you need to shake, you can stop yourself from shaking. But when you let it start to shake, it's that kind of release. The only thing I can compare it to is like opening the sphincters and let it fly. And it spreads over your body with its own intelligence. And it's fascinating. You don't need to remember you don't need to tell anyone in words. You just need to shake. Okay, Marnie says, hello, Martha. Um, she says, I just wanted to share our good news. My daughter was pronounced to be in a full full and deep remission from leukemia oh, and has been released into long-term care. We are home. Oh my God, Marnie. Oh, I'm so grateful. Oh. I was shaken for you last week. It was heartbreaking. And uh, I felt very flippant saying, oh yeah, everything's fine when you were going through that. And I know there are other people here who don't always get outcomes that we want. I, I have confidence that Marnie would go through the shaking and the stillness no matter what happened to her. But God, I'm grateful, Marnie. <laughs> Thank you for telling me that. And, and congratulations for having a lot of the impurities of humanity shaken out of you by this horrific ordeal. Oh, that's so good to hear. Okay. I really feel like we're kind of a, like a get together group every week. And like, that is such good news for all of us. It gives us all hope. Alexis says, Martha, I just had a really realization this week that I was in denial that I'm in denial. I finally realized I needed to surrender into the unknown and that I unconsciously always predict the worst. 
How can I continue to stay open and be vulnerable despite the ripples that happen in recovery? Um, it's exactly by coming out of denial because all denial is, it's something saying this isn't happening when it's actually happening. It could be this isn't happening right now. I'm not actually in a pandemic. I'm not going to take any special precautions. What could it, what could possibly go wrong? A lot, okay? <laughs> so when something bad is happening and you say, this is happening, that's getting out of denial. When you say, I was traumatized, there's trauma in my body, there's trauma in my psyche, and that's how it is, and I will not resist the fact that that's how it is, and I'll do what it takes to heal. That's coming out of denial. You're going to a whole nother level where you say, oh, I was actually saying I wasn't in denial when I, now I'm seeing there were ways I was in denial and that's the way it is. Part of me is going to be in denial sometimes. That's part of the earthquake. You can always do an end around the earthquake by coming into your integrity and saying, this is happening. I won't deny it. I know that I may be denying the other things, but I'm not going to deny that either. I'm going to go into the shaking and see what happens. If I feel stuck, I'm going to go into the stillness and see what happens. And eventually you come out of all denials and then you're, you're clear, you're, you're loose, calm. It feels good. Laura O'Connor, how are you, honey? How do you know that the only things that get shaken out during a life earthquake are the impurities? What if things like trust and peace and safety and faith are shaken out too? Great question. I was listening to Eckhart Tolle the other day and someone asked him the question, if you're free from, he says emotion is, emotion literally means to be disturbed, to be rippled. And um, he says, you should be still and be free from emotion. So somebody asks him, well, what about joy and peace and love? And he says, oh, those aren't emotions. That is your natural state of being. So any reactive pattern um, that feels like joy, but is losable is actually not that deep joy of being. It's happiness based on the presence of something pleasurable and the absence of something painful. So as Nisargadatta Maharaj says, he says, what you call happiness is really just the pleasure between two pains, right? So something good happens to us, we're happy, it goes away or it gets lost or we get old, we're sad. That actually is just grasping after conditions. Joy, trust, uh, love, these things are states of being. They are, if you go into the stillness deeply enough, and, and by the way, if the shaking has shaken out your faith and hope, it's basically getting you to a place where you're confined and constrained. It's taking you toward depression and hopelessness. And that feels like a bad thing. But if you don't resist it, the stillness will force you inside. And I know the power that you shoot outward, Laura, it's immense. And as you turn it in, because everything's not working out here, you know, at times when it's not, as you go in deeply, 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 you find that nothing that is truly good can be taken away because you are that goodness. You are that joy. You are that love. It is the nature of your being. The other day I was meditating and I had a thought that disturbed me, which was I'm caught in the river of time. And I always do the Byron Katie work. So I, I turned it around to the river of time is caught in me. I thought, oh yeah, time really only exists as my perception. 
And so I am here present now, and that's all I am. I am here present now. My mind makes it seem that there's a past and future, a river of time. And as I thought that, like time was in the center of me, and then I was something that time occupied. I was something so vast and untouchable, like ever-present yet untouchable. And in that was this deep, deep sureness that all everything was okay. And so a lot of happiness may be shaken away. A lot of conditional, dependent pleasure, satisfaction, false sense of security. A lot of that can be shaken away. But if you let yourself shake enough and you let yourself be still enough, what you find is that the shaking itself is what you are. The, the peristaltic like ebb and flow of the universe is the nature of your consciousness and absolute stillness in which that's happening is also the nature of your con consciousness. The, the awareness is the stillness and the action is the pulsating function and everything in reality has those two aspects. So yeah, a lot of surface things will go. But the illusion that surface things will make us happy is one of the things we need to get rid of. Because unless we get rid of it, we're always terrified of losing the conditions that make us happy. Terrified of losing that loved one. Terrified of losing our health. And we really have to let that stuff shake out until we realize that though physical things come and go, what we are is absolute well-being. Okay, long answer. It's good to hear from you. Okay, Jen says, if you're ready for change, can shaping, is shaking help bring on the change you're waiting for but can't see? I don't think so. Stuff seems to want to happen when it happens, but it can shake out your impatience. You can get impatient, you can get so crazy, you're like, I can't handle this anymore. Just go into it. Shake, scream, jump around. It might take you to a moment where you can relax and just sit there and be like, well, nothing's happening yet. I guess I'll, I'm contained and constrained by my circumstances. Nothing's happening. I want it to happen. Mm. All right. Once the shaking stops and I go inside, what's really happening right now? And you find there's nothing less boring than stillness once you get the mind out of it. There's nothing less terrifying than shaking once you get the mind out of it. So all of these conditions of our physical lives are really just trying to help us get to the point where we realize what we really are, which is not caught in these physical circumstances. Emily Elizabeth says, what time of day do you meditate? Is it always the same time and duration? Something about being in silence alone together. Is there a ritual to help you enter the practice? I, I used to think I would get up at six and I would meditate until eight and then I would go for morning communion at nine. It was almost like a little monastery. It was fabulous. Then we had a baby <laughs> and I want to just go to every Zen master on earth and hand them a newborn and say, enjoy. <laughs> Roshi, go for it. So yeah, I have had to let my day mat be shaken up because, um, even though my sleep is never disturbed, I seem to need a lot of it. And if I'm going to be there to help with the baby during the day when I'm needed, um, I can't always afford to to be short. It's like we have to stay fueled up. Once you have a little dependent thing, even if it's a dog or a goldfish or whatever it is, um, you need to take put the oxygen mask on yourself. So 
I have allowed my day mat to be shaken. I didn't meditate this morning. Oh well, I know from experience that times when you can meditate come and times when you can meditate go. And that there are at times of disruption when there's a lot of moving around, it's best to surrender into the shaking. It'll settle. I'll get a time again. I don't know if it'll be the same time of day. We'll see how it all shakes out. But I know that there will always be a point where stillness calls me back. And I get that. It could be in the middle of the night. I don't know. We'll see. But thanks for asking. And rituals, I just pull my chair over to a certain window, open the window a crack so I can smell the forest and hear the birds, um, plunk myself down in the same chair with the same back brace and uh, drop into the same. Usually just breathing in, breathing out. Boom. I'm there. Yeah, repetition is wonderful and ritual is really powerful whether you're going into the shaking or whether you're going into the stillness. Okay, Catherine says, if you feel stuck in a life circumstance, job, relationship, etc., can turning inward into the stillness, accepting the stillness, help break out of being stuck? I could not have said it better myself. When you're pushing for something to change and it's not changing, the pushing is creating resistance to the earthquake. So absolutely, like do what you feel called to do, what you feel impelled to do, what feels joyous to do. And then if you still feel stuck, get still, go in, start offering loving kindness to yourself. And as this heals here, all these things start to move outside. It's very strange. I've seen this over and over again with coaches. They try and try and try to get clients. Nothing happens. Then they relax and they just give up on it and go back to like painting watercolors. And suddenly people want coaching. It's almost as if um, that release from resistance allows what you've put in motion to happen. We call it intention, attention, no tension. That's how you manifest. Okay, and finally, Suzanne says, does shaking work for all trauma experiences overall, or do you need to do it separately for each trauma experienced? I don't know exactly the answer to that, but I would, I, I, my guess is you need to do a little shaking for each trauma. However, it's surprisingly short periods of time. Like I shook for 20 minutes, remembering the worst trauma of my life. It had, I had been like, had it stuck in my psyche for at least 30 years and in 30 minutes it was gone. The other thing is that it's strangely impersonal. When the body does its shaking, I did a session with David Briselli and he says, you can just do this while you watch TV. It's not like you have to be like in anguish and in therapy, you know, you just, your body will take over like a wild animal and do its shaking in a very, in a fashion that feels like body work. It feels comforting. And the earthquakes of life weirdly and I do not have this mastered, but I believe if I do get it mastered, all the earthquakes of life will be surprisingly gentle. And all the shaking is like body work, getting the kinks out of our muscles. It could be delicious. And all the stillness, the confinement is taking us into that sweet, sweet origin, that source that is the life that, that permeates all of our bodies. So as you go through life earthquakes of any kind, literal, figurative, small or large, I hope you remember to, that nothing can hurt the shaking itself and nothing can hurt the stillness itself. And you are both those things. So I will see you next week on The Gathering Room. I love you very much. Bye.
It's a bewildering moment to be alive. That's why Martha Beck, me, and Rowan Mangan, me, created Bewildered, the wildly successful podcast for people trying to figure it out. Most of us are trying to fit society's expectations about how we should live, which is stressful and confusing. On Bewildered, we look at topics like perfectionism, what it means to have enough, anxiety, and creativity to see where the culture may be pushing us all away from the lives that truly fulfill us. If you're bewildered, if you want to think and you love to laugh, come join us. For almost 30 years, I've been teaching people to do something that I call reading your internal compasses. I believe we are all born with direction-finding mechanisms that are inherent in us and will help us find our best destiny. Uh, A few years ago, though, I realized that a lot of people were getting very, very anxious. And this is true. Anxiety is going nuts all over the planet. So I spent five years researching and writing a book about how to read your compasses and lower the anxiety that's getting between you and your right life. And I'm very excited about the book. It's coming out in 2025. But I would love to teach you about it before the book comes out. So this summer, I'm doing a course called The Wayfinder's Compass, Moving Beyond Anxiety. And you can check it out by going to marthabeck.com slash compass. And we will have a fabulous time putting you on course for your North Star.